great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. So I want to talk about the photo that's gone around the world as it relates to Ukraine. However, tonight or this morning, I was looking at the uh, New York Post, and this headline says it all. And here's the headline in the New York Post. Putin is up against a wall and ready to lash out. What happens when a nuclear-armed dictator with the ability to literally destroy civilization in 30 minutes is backed into a corner and he doesn't see a way out. Pray to God we don't have to find out. That headline says it all, and we're taking your telephone calls as it relates to the topic. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But the photo that has gone everywhere and is proof of war crimes being committed in Ukraine by Russia. By now, I'm sure you've heard about it. The bodies of a man, a woman, and two children right on the road near a bridge. What were they doing? All they were attempting to do is to escape to safety. That's all they were trying to do when they were hit with, basically hit with mortar attack fired by Russia. And as Ukraine Ukraine President Zelensky ponders here, how many such families have died in Ukraine? The photo, the chilling photo is so compelling The New York Times on Monday, yesterday, published it at the top of its front page. Again, it included two children killed by Russian mortar fire as they were attempting to flee. And Ukrainian forces had blown up the bridge earlier to slow the the Russian uh, advance. And the few soldiers that were there in the area were only there, the Ukrainian soldiers, trying to help people flee, help people carry their luggage and get their children to safety. One second, I'm taking your telephone calls on the situation in Ukraine. But a couple of our local issues that we are also following. Gas prices, as you have heard, are starting to uh, skyrocket. In New York City, the anti-gun unit will begin patrol, according to Mayor Eric Adams, in about a a week or so. And the COVID restrictions, uh, as it relates to the mask mandate and Schools, for right now, it seems like they are definitely a thing of the past in New York and in New Jersey. Let's start with the uh, telephone calls. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, Dominic, you brought up the subject of the hour because this is the, this is the thing. When Putin runs up against the when he gets desperate, and he will get desperate, what he's going to do is, He's not going to push the trigger right away, but what he's going to do is he's going to try to humiliate 
the United States as he's being humiliated, either by beginning a cyber attack on us or by some kind of uh, intrusion. I'm not going to say a full-scale attack, but some kind of intrusion on NATO airspace or NATO ground, uh, ground space. To get, he wants to make the United States, he wants to turn them into the aggressor so that he has an excuse to push that trigger. That's what he's going to do. He's going to play, he's going to play chicken with us. You know, Larry, I, I agree with, with uh, your assessment, and I think that's exactly what Putin is setting up right now. And it, the entire situation is just very much a scary one. But I, but I agree with you, Larry, and I uh, thank you for the call. To Michael in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, good morning, Michael. What's on your mind? Yeah, they spoke to a general on the TV tonight who knows Putin very, very well. And what he said was, Putin is an extremely proud man. And by them, by the United States giving fighter jets to Poland, they are basically putting his back up against the wall. Because if he doesn't stop them from delivering those jets to the Ukrainians to shoot down his planes, he will be humiliated. Now, nobody knows if he had any plans on going into Poland. But by doing this, you're putting him up against the wall. You're backing him into a corner. He must stop those planes from entering the Ukraine. He will send his planes into Poland to to their airfields to blow up those those planes before they can leave Poland and get to the Ukraine. The, he, you're, you're, you're basically putting him into a corner. What the general said was, give this man a way out where he can keep his pride. He doesn't look like a fool in front of his people. Do not send planes into Ukraine. Tell him, look, we promise you we will not make Ukraine part of the NATO organization. We will never do that. Let's sit down, take a deep breath, calm down, and let's work this out. But if you insist on the United States giving planes to Poland, he has no alternative but to send his planes into Poland, and he will attack them. He has to, because otherwise he will be disgraced in front of his own people. And this general said, this is a very proud man. You have got to give him a way out. You've got to give him an exit strategy. We are basically forcing him to become more aggressive. And idiots, idiots like Lindsey Graham, who is screaming, let's get tough with him and let's let's give them plenty of equipment and planes to bomb him. No, idiot, moron. You're, this is not World War II. You're not dealing with Japan that we were able to drop two atomic bombs on and they couldn't hit back. You are now dealing with a country that has over 1,500 nuclear weapons and he will hit back. He will not be humiliated. I, I, I hear you, Michael. And uh, you know what? When, when you callers are correct, you're correct. And that's exactly the way that I feel about this situation, that Putin's being pushed into a corner. And I don't know how wise that is because he's going to come out swinging. And, and what happens on a global stage if he feels that he doesn't have much to lose? It, it's all going to be um, very interesting, and day by day we all hope that somehow this comes to an end. But as of right now, you're dealing with close to 2 million refugees. And back to that photo, back to that photo, reports say the girl in the photo was 8 years old and her brother a teenager. And I don't agree with the New York Times about a lot of things, but I am so glad that they published this photo at the top of its uh, front page to show how Russians are literally targeting Ukrainian uh, citizens with mortar, mortar shells in this case. People that were panicking, trying to run away, and four people are left dead on the street. Dead on the street. And um, their luggage was still there, and some backpacks. So the people 
died, but there was also they also had a dog in a green carrying case, and the dog was left barking. The dog lived, and the four humans did not. A girl eight years old, eight years old. It breaks my heart. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to Ken in New Jersey. Good morning, Ken. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Okay, good morning. Uh, You know, I hope everybody realizes that we're just devolving right back into the 50s Cold War. This is going to go, this is going to drag on and on and on. And Putin uh, sees this as uh, NATO ganging up on him. And NATO sees it as uh, controlling uh, the, the Soviet aggression. And we're going, we're going right back into the Cold War of the 50s. And it's just going to drag on and on. I mean, unless... Either Putin gets assassinated, uh, nothing, I mean, it's just going to drag on. And that's the way I, what, what, the only, the only way out that I see is that the NATO countries have to make some sort of agreement with Putin. They have to use the, you know, uh, diplomatically meet with him. They have to iron out some sort of, uh, disarmament or some sort of, of military agreement, and it's very difficult, I mean, at this point, but that's the only way. At one point, I think he wanted to join NATO, and they, and they uh, rejected him, I mean, years ago. So I think this has been going on for a long time, and finally he just, uh, you know, got kind of pushed over the brink, as he sees it, and... Uh, you know, he uh, invaded. But uh, I just see this as as dragging on and on and on, just like another Cold War. Well, Ken, I, I thank you for the call. And we're going to stay in New Jersey. Thank you for the call, Ken. But the question that comes to mind to me is where is the leadership from Washington as this is all playing out? And I fear that somehow, some way, the United States is going to get pulled into this. And it's it's a no-win uh, situation. And already we're starting to see some minor effects. I define minor based on what the people of Ukraine are going through. But we are already looking at gas prices in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and New York, of course, skyrocket over tight oil supplies and this 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 is possibly uh, one of the uh, effects of the Russian invasion of Ukraine like I said let's stay in New Jersey let's go to Wayne let's say good morning to Arlene good morning Arlene what's on your mind good morning Dominic well this is very very uh, upsetting times and to Carry on with what you just said. Where is our president and why isn't he talking with us? If they haven't even decided what to do yet, talk to the American people. He, he's been silent the last five or six days. He took that trip to Delaware like he does every, just about every weekend, and he hasn't been around. Where is he to console or to try to help the American people through this very difficult time? Agreed. It's very difficult, Arlene. And I think that uh, most Americans have the same fears that I have, that somehow we are going to be pulled into this. And and it's a, it's a no-win situation. Who wants to go up against another country that also has nuclear weapons. And and Putin is behaving like an absolute madman. And 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 what's what's the next step? What's the next step? I thank you for the call, Arlene, and have a uh, beautiful uh, a beautiful uh, morning. Let's go to Joe in the Bronx. Good morning, Joe, and welcome to the Dominic Carter show. Well, you just used the word madman and mentally unhinged, and I couldn't agree with you more, but that description is much more apt. 
of the neoconservatives who are driving America's foreign policy in that region as well as yeah, yeah, your, your phone, Joe, if you give us a call back, your phone is breaking up, so I can't hear uh, everything that, that you are saying. Let's go to Michael, our friend Michael in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Good morning, Michael, and what's on your mind this morning? Uh, good, good, uh, good morning. Uh, I've, uh, I've had uh, an epiphany here, um, a big change of mind. Uh, listening to some of the best minds uh, of the past uh, 50 to 60 years on the situation. Uh, I've been educated over the weekend, and now I have to insist and agree with them that this whole situation is not Putin's fault. It is Zelensky's fault. And how's that? Well, he comes into a war that's been gone going for five years when he runs for office as an actor comedian who has absolutely no understanding of uh, geopolitical realities. And when he sees this uh, buildup on his border, what is his reaction? His reaction is to do the very thing that Putin said uh, will cause him to invade. He demands, he insists that two things. One, that uh, we got to get nuclear weapons back uh, in Ukraine. And two, we've got to join NATO. So the man's an idiot. Okay, so wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 Michael. And then I've got to move on. So what, what should he have done, in your opinion, President Zelensky? Uh, Zelensky should have... Uh, talk to uh, the whole world about becoming a neutral nation like Switzerland. You don't see the Soviet Union or the Russians uh, uh, attacking Switzerland. So uh, that was the position he should be in. They would be one of the richest nations in the world if he had taken that position. And I am ashamed that uh, a a a Jew like Zelensky would not be wise enough to take the uh, the approach that would make his nation the richest nation in the world. I got okay. my education okay. from, All right. from wise Jews. Uh, no, yeah, but, Michael, that, that comment, something just doesn't strike me right about that comment, the, the end comment. Uh, it sounds borderline um, – anti-Semitic, to be honest with you. But Joe called back uh, from the Bronx. Let me uh, take Joe's call before we take a break. Good morning, Joe. What what, what was your point again? Yeah, good morning. Uh, basically, in order to understand what's going on in Ukraine as well as what's going on in the Middle East with regard to our foreign policy, you have to get a grip of the neoconservatives who are driving American foreign policy and really created the situation in Ukraine. With that said, I'll get to my point. But with regard to the neoconservative ideology, there's two good sources. Number one is UNZ.com. Right. You, you, hey, wait, 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 wait. Joe, Go Joe, ahead. you say that every single time that you call. I think that yeah, we've I heard you. I'll okay. Tell, All right, you. Joe, Joe, but I, I heard you on the website. I hear you on plugging the website. Can you please make your point that you want to make? I don't need you to keep plugging this website. Okay, very good. But the reason why I'm plugging the website is because Okay, Joe, getting- Joe. For the last time, are you going to make your point or you want to uh, continue on this website matter? Yeah, I'll make my point. Okay, so basically you have neoconservatives. You use the term madman to describe Putin, but I think that's a much more apt term for the neoconservatives who are driving American foreign policy, like Victoria Nuland. She wasted $5 billion U.S. Uh, American tax dollars back in 2014 to overthrow the democratically elected government of Yanukovych in, in Ukraine. Yanukovych wanted friendly relations with uh, Russia, and he understood that having uh, Ukraine in NATO would be a direct national security threat to the Kremlin. He was a much more reasonable actor in that political sphere. What did we do using the State Department and degenerates like uh, Victoria Nuland? We overthrew the democratically elected government of Ukraine and installed a corrupt oligarch puppet politician by the name of Poroshenko.
Now we have this filthy clown uh, named uh, Zelensky, who is increasingly a puppet of Washington that wants to push uh, Ukraine into the NATO orbit and, again, pose a direct, dire, existential threat to the Russian Federation. Okay. So just to, just to, hold on one second. Just to put it in perspective for Americans. Hey, Joe, hey, we, hey, Joe, I, Joe it, it sounds like it's your show here. <laughs> Joe, I have to – no, 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 Joe. I have to step in. Time for a break. We'll be right back. I heard you were looking for me. Hello. You know. And we are back. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Some things are destined. And what do I mean by that? Absolutely horrible of what happened to that family. And you can just multiply it by the hundreds of families that have tried to get out of Ukraine. But in this case, the photo with the family, two children, hit uh, by mortar shells or the shells went off very close to them and they died. And at least out of this awful, awful, awful situation, there happened to be a New York Times photographer right there. The same thing, the same fate could have happened to her, but she happened to be there to capture, putting her life on the line, to capture this photo, to bring the photo to the entire world. Back to the telephone calls here on Talk Radio 77, uh, WABC. Let's go to Maria in Brooklyn. Good morning, Maria. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Uh, I want to make a statement, and then I'm going to ask you a question in the end. When this first started, I made a, a few phone calls and told you that this Putin person is going to continue. But now I'm seeing things a little bit differently. I think he has backed himself into a corner because of the way the reaction of the Ukrainian people. Agreed. And also, Agreed. I, think, I, think about it, I think about it in this way. These are people, the, gen, the new generations in Russia and all these Eastern European countries, they have lived on the freedom for the last, I say, 20, 25 years. So it's not the same mentality. I mean, you, you know that they're beginning to have protests in, in Russia, and he's, he's clamping that down. So in the end, I think Lindsey Graham is not that stupid. He said that for a reason. In the end, it's going to come down to it, his own people doing what they have to do, because I don't think anyone wants to go back to that 50s-type communism. And that's my question to you. Do you think it'll get to a point? Do you see Putin now going to Poland, Romania, and all of that? I don't see that anymore because I think he has been weakened for the last 10 days. And do you see him trying to have that power over the people in Europe? I don't see it anymore either. What do you think? Maria, you said it best. When this first started, I feared that Ukraine would be step one uh, along a list of uh, places where Putin planned on invading. But I think that the backlash from the the fighting spirit of the people of Ukraine have weakened him on a world stage. So I agree with your point. So that's that's what three, two calls, two or three calls that I agree with the sentiment that's been expressed this morning. And but Maria, I I agree with you. I I just think uh, in terms of a, a diplomatic solution uh, to what one of the other callers said this morning that in backdoor channels, uh, Putin has to be given a way out, and if he's given a way out, we can only hope that maybe he'll take it. But I don't, but to answer your question directly, Maria, I don't believe that he's coming off as strong as he did initially. But we have to keep in, keep in, in mind that he has nuclear weapons. And that's a game changer no matter how we assess or look at this situation. To Olena. In Teaneck, New Jersey, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. 
I just wanted to share some thoughts with you. Okay. Uh, I do not believe that Putin will stop at anything. His goal is not only to terrorize the world, to shake up Europe. His goal is to destroy and obliterate the Ukrainian people. This is historical, Dominic. Uh, this has been done when Kiev was burnt down historically. This is done uh, when the when the Cossacks were destroyed. This has been done when the Iron Curtain went in and people were all sent tortured uh, into Siberia. Uh, this has been done over and over to the Ukrainian people by the same people, by this, but but by the Russian leadership. And it, during World War II, it wasn't the hundreds of thousands of Russians that were dying for Russia. It was all the Ukrainians that had to, had no choice, had to join the Russian army to defend Russia. But nobody ever mentioned it. Russia took the glory, never took the blame. And right now, what Putin is doing is he's leveling Ukraine. It's easy. It, it to looks manipulate. that way. It looks yeah. that way. Yeah. It, it's easy to manipulate a country when the people who belong there aren't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Dominic, you know, I, and I should be saying, you know, <laughs> it's a filler word. I, I but, use it sometimes <laughs> as well. So, so go ahead. Yeah. But what it is is KGB. KGB doesn't play games. There's there's training in KGB. And first they shoot you, then they shoot you again, and then they shoot you again to make sure you're dead. And another method is they just dip you in a kettle of hot oil. That's a great training piece for KGB agents. So Putin, Medvedev, Yanukovych, the ex-president of Ukraine who so people think was so proudly elected uh, or manipulated his way in. They were all KGB. I mean, who are we dealing with? I don't think American people realize what a KGB is. The Russian people know. They have to live with them because they're there. Every day. And I, yeah. I, I, I thank you for the call and um, and have a beautiful morning. I'm looking at my uh, Twitter here, some of the comments uh, that you folks are posting Catherine Trunk, who listens to the program, Catherine says, uh, Dominic, I agree with you about the horrifying photo of the family leaving behind the dog howling with grief. And so we're taking your calls. And I started the show this morning and coming up in a couple of minutes, the Chronicles of uh, Dominic Carter, I'll have that on a local issue, and of course, coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. But right now, we're taking your telephone calls regarding how I started the program, and that is that New York Times photo. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't understand how anyone can look at that photo and not fully stand by and support the people of of Ukraine who who are innocent victims trying to get out of the way of weapons of war where they have basically no way to defend themselves and this family trying to flee to make it over a bridge uh, hit with mortar shells or, or the impact of mortar shells and killed the girl eight years old. Let's go to Andrea from Bergen County in New Jersey. Good morning, Andrea. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning. Um, look, I think that war is awful. I think we can certainly empathize with the Ukrainian people. But I think we also should consider this. I think we're a very weakened country at this point in time. Uh, we have failed leadership in Washington, very weak leadership. We have policies where um, ideologues won't even let us drill for oil here, won't let us be energy independent. And basically, look at what's going on here between 
it's not just the price of gas. It's not just the inflation. It's not just the stock market. We're a very divided country. I think we've been weakened a lot in the last couple of years, particularly the last year with the policies we have from this administration. And so I don't know. Are we really? Are we really? I mean, I'm 71 years old. I remember hiding under a desk in elementary school and practicing for an atomic bomb to come. I don't want to live like this again. So I really think we need to cool down a little bit. I know the pictures are awful. I know what's going on there is awful. It's not the only place in the world where awful things happen. And if anybody studies history, they've been going on since time immemorial. So I think we need to really calm ourselves down, stop with the war fever, and really think this through. As Mm -hmm. you said, he's got atomic weapons. So do we. Are we ready to end the world for this? Are we really going to – are we going to rely on cool heads prevailing in Russia or in Washington, D.C., where we couldn't even get out of Afghanistan in, in, in any kind of a manner that we could hold our heads up. To me, this that, is a very bad situation in our own country. Andrea, and that's that's a great that's a great point you just made about Afghanistan. You know, I I I I, I guess I just I I conveniently forgot about the disaster of what happened in Afghanistan. And you're right; if we couldn't get out of a situation like that. How are you going to deal with a situation where a person has nuclear weapons? Yeah, and, like, why would we have, look, why would we have our vice president a few days before they invaded standing there with the Europeans and saying she was happy to hear that Ukraine wanted to be part of NATO when another caller mentioned that that would set off, set him off Putin? Why? Why isn't our president over in Europe negotiating peace? Why? Why aren't? Why aren't our representatives in Congress talking about trying to figure out how to negotiate a peace settlement? Why are they banging the drums for war again? We just got out of Afghanistan. Okay, right. this is these are not Af- these are not Afghani people in, the, in, in like we fought before. This is nuclear weapons. Well, I I, 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 I really need to hear that more from our representatives. Fair, fair point. Fair point, and I thank you for the call from Bergen County. Let's go to Brooklyn. Let's say good morning to Norman. Norman, you're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, hi, Dominic. Yeah, um, my opinion is uh, start building nuclear bomb shelters because uh, – this guy we have in the White House, this is not JFK, okay? Uh, Biden, it's bad news. And Putin's, Putin's going to first strike on us. I mean, uh, I, I can't see why he wouldn't. I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're weak. We're not doing anything for ourselves. And uh, this, you know, this is it. This is the final showdown. Uh, he's got bombs. I mean, they got if you, if you Google them, but my God, they got the Tsar bomb. It's uh, bigger than our Bravo bomb. Uh, I mean, we're ground zero, Dom. I mean, we're going to be vaporized. So, you wow. know, I mean, uh, if if we keep pushing them, uh, now what? Uh, air? No air. We're gonna we're gonna uh, they're gonna get uh, whatever. Um, they're going to get uh, um, airplanes from Poland and all that. I mean, screw it. I mean, he'd be like, oh, to hell with him, and just push the button, and uh, that's it. You know, De- defeat the great Satan or whatever, the great devil here, and uh, that's it. You know, I- I- I'm just uh, – I-, I don't see how we're going to get out of this. As a previous caller said, yeah, how come our president is not negotiating? How come he's not there? Well, they're not. Right, but and they're not, and 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 that's that. So that's it. We well, got a uh, got I, poor leadership. Norman, and, uh, I, I, gonna, I hope the situation. I hope it's not as dire as as you believe that it is. And I I hear you. And we don't know what the U.S. is doing um, in backdoor uh, channels and backdoor negotiations. So that just needs to be said because we don't know exactly. What's going on as it relates to this situation? But that photo, 
that photo in the New York Times of the family dead, dead on the street, an eight-year-old girl, her teenage brother, and they were just trying to flee with their, their suitcases and the dog, you know, the dog lived. The dog lived. Let's go to, uh, before we take a break, let's go to Phil. Phil is calling from New Jersey. Good morning, Phil. Welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. You know, there used to be a saying in this country, it was live free or die. And that was on the license plates in New Hampshire. And I believe that we lived that once upon a time, Dominic. But today I'm hearing callers call up and saying, well, as far as them, uh, they may want to live free or die. But, you know, this may start the Third World War, and they really just need to be quiet and be slaves. And make no mistake about it, Dominic, they would be slaves. This is not about... Finland. You're, you're, you're referring to the people of Ukraine when you of say course. they would be slaves. Uh, okay. they, they, this is not Finland where uh, Putin is content to let Finland you know, be in the EU but not be in NATO and they're like a happy little democracy up north out of uh, you know, uh, Putin's way. No, no, no. This is the Ukraine. This is the part of what Putin considers to be the historical Russia, which includes Belarus and the Ukraine and Russia. And uh, he cannot, number one, he's always, he sits down there in the Kremlin and looks at old maps and treaties and makes these justifications for why the Ukraine is really Russia. Uh, and you know what? The bottom line is, uh, he is uh, look. He's been looking to annex it, but the real issue is not NATO, which is a defensive treaty, and he knows perfectly well that NATO is not an aggressive thing that can, you know, cause him trouble. Although I understand, you know, he has problems with it. But what it really is is a democracy next door that his own people in Russia are watching have free elections, and it's his worst nightmare because they're like. Why can't we do that, too? And then something's going to get started. So he's needed to squelch that ever since his puppet got thrown out in 2014. And this guy Zelensky's his worst nightmare because he's going on CNN every month, Zelensky, and looking to the West with all of his people. And, uh, you know, it's better to call it the um, Belarusification of a country, not the Finlandization, because look at what happened in Belarus. That was a strong man that used to try to, you know, um, balance between the East and the West while being a strong man in his own country. He, he, ten years ago, he was playing both sides. Today, he's been completely subsumed by Mother Russia, and the Ukrainians are smart enough to understand that their future is only as slaves of Russia, and they're going to die for their freedom, and they're not going to become slaves for our inconvenience, you know, to, you know, for our convenience over here, Dominic. Okay. Well, Phil, I, I, I thank you for the call. That's a lot to uh, chew on. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The situation in Ukraine, uh, you have uh, refugees that, what, 1.7 million that have left the country and sick children and innocent people dying. And uh, we are taking your telephone calls And it is now time for a break. When we come back, I see all the calls, folks. I'm going to get to as many as I can. And coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Marano. Frank will join me uh, about 150, 150, no, about 1250, 1255. Time for a break. I'll be right back. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Back to Ukraine in just a moment, but uh, a few local headlines that are catching my eye. Uh, police in New York City, the anti-gun unit will begin patrol in a week or so. That's according to uh, Mayor Adams. Uh, the anti-gun unit, it will include, it's officially called the Neighborhood Safety uh program. They'll have about 490 officers in it. That's the great news, the fantastic news. The news that I'm not so sure about is they're going to have the NYPD sign on the back of their um, 
uh, jackets or whatever they're wearing there, as well as on the, the back, the front, with patches with the officer's name, shield, rank, and command. Uh, and officers assigned to the old anti-crime unit, they wore street clothes, that is, and were identified as police by the badge hanging around their neck or on their uh, belt. So kids yesterday, for the first time in many, many months, a few years, uh, got to actually see their classmates' uh, faces. Uh, restaurants are also uh, happy as the uh, proof of the uh, vaccine mandate has been lifted, uh, the mask and so on. It's happening in New Jersey as well. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we won't be going backwards. Hopefully, hopefully. But we are continuing with your telephone calls right now. Let's go to our friend Dominic in Wapping Just Falls. Good morning, Dominic. Dominic, how you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm well. How you, how you been? I'm good. How about yourself? Well, under these circumstances, with all the chaos going on in in, in this world, it's it's upsetting. But you know what? We'll, we'll get through it, hopefully. Hopefully. Go right ahead with your comment, Dominic. Here's a, here's a scenario. I want, I want to run it by you. No one wants to die, and I think including Putin doesn't want to die. I don't think anybody wants to die. I don't think the Russian people want to die. I don't think anybody wants to die. So they know we have nuclear power, and Russia has nuclear power. All right? So we're at a level level playing field with, with, with power here. Why don't we just take our nukes and point them right to Russia – Send a picture to Putin and say, "Listen, you need to back out now, or we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna push the bomb. You know, put him to the to the put his hand to the, to the fire, and see if he backs off. Because I don't think if if he wants to do it, I don't think the Russian people will say, "Oh my God, let's back off." Okay, back okay, off. okay. But but Dominic, what what if he doesn't back off? What what if his what 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 if his uh, reaction is basically go for it? saying is he may want to go for it but the people around him may say whoa this needs to stop now maybe they'll put a bullet in his head you know what i'm saying maybe they will say no we're not going to do this because he's not going to want to push the button he's going to give the command right 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 he'll give the command but i i just i i don't i dominic i i appreciate the call i got to move on to a bunch of other other calls i just i i i don't i don't think the u.s or Russia or or the world community is comfortable with with this game of I'm going to call your bluff and and what what are you going to do? I mean, I I don't think we want to go there. But but thank you for the call, Dominic. Let's go to Dave in Comac, New York. Good morning, Dave. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. I, I wanted to comment on something that hardly anybody is talking about, and that's the gas prices. Okay. You know, I actually called my congressman to complain about the. The gas price. I think that these uh, these congressmen are out of touch with reality. They, I think that they assume that uh, as a result of the gas prices, uh, and I'll give you an example of that in just a minute, that that everybody's just going to go out and spend a fifty thousand dollars on a uh, an electric uh, uh, or a hybrid car. And uh, where you get, where you think the money's going to come from to charge it? And if you look at California with its rolling blackouts uh, currently. The electrical grid can't handle uh, that type of uh, demand as far as uh, electric. If everybody went out and bought an electric car, it's just not reality. It's not reality to pay for the electricity either. People think, that, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the electricity for free. That's not reality. These stupid congressmen should be pumping more oil instead of assuming that because of the gas prices that uh, people are just going to go out and buy an electric car, especially with the chip shortage. It's ridiculous. Uh, Plus the cost of the of the vehicles themselves. Well, that's what I'm talking about with the chip shortage. Mm-hmm. That uh, the ca- cars right now are at sticker price, and then like ten to twenty thousand dollars above what the car is actually worth. What they call a market adjustment fee, because the dealers are trying to make up for the lack of inventory, which is absolutely absurd. And the attorney general doesn't care. Because I'll tell you a little story. I wrote a letter to attorney general in Virginia about a dealer that was trying to rip me off out there. And they didn't care. They said, there's nothing we can do for you. I said, yeah, but that's price gouging. Uh, and this was a used car that they were charging double what the car is worth. Um, wow. 
Yeah. Wow. And people like, you know, where are the people going to get the much money? These congressmen are in fantasy land. But, you know, I understand that uh, on the other side of the coin that people are dying in the Ukraine. But there was somebody on the radio, on WR Radio the other day, Mark Weber, who suggested that maybe it's time, uh, and he acted as if, you know, if he were president, he would tell Zelensky maybe it's time to uh, surrender because there's too much at stake here for everybody, including, like, there's some talk about uh, the United States uh, giving Poland planes, right, right, to, right in order to go right. into Ukraine. Well, guess what? Those planes have the United States Air Force logo on the side of them. What do you think Putin's going to do when he sees that? He's just going to assume that they're U.S. pilots, and then he's going to aim his nuclear weapons at us. And he also may aim them at Poland, since that's where they're going to land the planes, supposedly. Right? This is fantasy. Your other caller before me, or was it two callers before me, says something that we should threaten Putin, send him a photograph of... Uh, our nuclear weapons are aimed at Putin. He doesn't care. He's out. He'll next thing you know, he's going to end up wanting to take Poland also. Right. Once you well, start doing that, I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, Between you that, know Zelensky, who's in fantasy land, and these congressmen that are in fantasy land, you need to start pumping more oil in the United States, right? If they're going to cut off Russia from uh, uh, importing oil here. Well, Dave, I I thank you for the call, and I and I I hear you. And basically, if there's an underlying point to every call that has come in this morning, it's that we all fear what's the next step and what does it mean for the U.S. and what's the direct ramification for the U.S. and how is Putin going to see all of this and how is the man that's uh, to my left right now going to see all of this and that is Frank Morano. Good morning to you. Good morning, Dominic. So, what do you have coming up this morning? Well, we're going to be all over this uh, Ukraine-Russia situation. Uh, we have an update uh, from Europe. We have uh, Michael Tracy, who is a terrific reporter. He's going to join us live from Poland. And uh, there's still a lot happening in New York in our continuing series in uh, which we talk to all the candidates for New York State Governor. I'm going to be joined by Harry Wilson and a lot of other things we have as well that we're going to we're going to still find a way to uh, squeeze in some fun as well. Sounds like an interesting show. I will be listening. Let's you and I, as we always do, night after night, take some calls together. Sounds good to me. Select the uh, next call. All right. Well, how about uh, how about uh, Bill in Purchase? Bill, you're talking to Frank and Dominic. Go right ahead. Dominic, I, I apologize for 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 calling about this. We forgive you. I really think. I really think that if the United States, if we can bomb, if if we can, uh, you know, t- take care of all these uh, individuals in in cars and things like that, we should go and bomb the hell out of Putin. That's all. Really, take him out. Take mm. him out. And and what and, and okay, but Bill and, and we appreciate the call from Purchase. But what happens when the radar or whatever picks up nuclear weapons, and and he sees that it's coming his way, and then he retaliates? Then what? You don't have to nuke him. You just use a big, big bomb, and and we know where he is. Kill him. I'm telling you. Okay, well, thank you for the call, Bill. What do you think, Frank? I, I think that's absolutely preposterous. I, I'm, I'm not sure. So when Russian radar sees American uh, bombers Bombs. coming into Russian right. airspace, are right. they just going to sit there and no. let Putin be bombed? No, they're going to shoot down the American bombers. And I think it's you, preposterous. And then you have a real situation. I think the absolute worst case scenario for not only the United States and Russia and Ukraine, but the world is for an armed conflict between the two largest nuclear powers on the planet. I mean, we were able to avoid blowing up the planet for for 70, 80 years during the Cold War. Do we really want to try our luck at doing it this time in the aftermath of the Iron Curtain falling? I don't think so. I mean, what Putin did here is certainly criminal. It's irrational. It's not right. It's uh, overly aggressive. But 
if you look at the, the, I just don't see the value in in an armed conflict with Russia from the United States' perspective. Let's go to Steve in Manhattan. Good morning, Steve. You're talking to Frank and Dominic. All right, gentlemen. Everything traces back to the 90s. In the 90s, Boris Yeltsin and Vladimir Putin and the rest of the KGB, they were able to fool the West, uh, America, Europe, and to believe in that Russia was no longer an aggressive, murdering nation. Yes, they were. They never had me fooled. And since it goes back to the 90s, guys, there's only a few seconds left. All together now, go Pack Go, baby. Go Pack Go. Pat Buchanan. Oh. He, he's been uh, pushing for Pat Buchanan for president for 35 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think Pat is now beyond the age. Yeah, of, uh... I don't think he's running. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You select the next call. Uh, how about um, how about Hunt in New York City? Hunt, you're talking to Frank and Dominic. Uh, Dominic, I was going to say something controversial, but uh, with uh, such short time left, I'm simply going. I'll, I'll jettison that and simply say I find your listening audience and their comments so entertaining. It's better than Saturday Night Live. Thank you, Dominic. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Hunt. Let's see here. We have two minutes left. Let's go to, let's go to, you know what? Let's go to our friend Stan in Forest Hills. I heard you with Rita tonight, Stan. We're short on time. Get to your point, please. There is no point when I've got less than a minute. I'll call you another night. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Brian in Manhattan. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Dominic. Go right ahead. I think, everyone's, I think all your previous callers are overreacting. Uh, Putin has uh, two daughters with his first wife. He's got twin sons with his second wife. He might even be a grandfather, which I'm, I'm not aware of. I think the position we should take as a nation is to stay out of it, send money like we're doing. We shouldn't telegraph our moves about the planes with Poland and this and that. We should just send our planes, let Poland do what they want, paint the planes with the Ukrainian flag, They'll send the Polish pilots to assist the Ukrainians. The Polish pilots are excellent. They saved Britain in the Battle of Britain. The majority of those pilots were from Poland. So they have very well-trained and very uh, excellent people. And and then the ground forces, if you're not aware of it, we, there's twenty to 30,000 ground troops coming around from Europe and the United States that are retired, are going over there, and there's going to be a guerrilla war. Just leave it as a conventional and let Putin lose on a conventional basis, no threat of nuclear, and and then see how it plays out and push him back to his border, and he's not going to win. His army is weak. But it's going to take time, and all the deaths that you'll see in the newspapers um, with these poor Ukrainian families, that's just casualties of war. I don't want to sound cold, but that's what it is. It's very sad, but that's life. If they stay the course, guerrilla warfare, they're getting a lot of people from all over the world to help fight with them. And that's it. Let it play out. And and, and patience is needed. I got you, Brian. Hey, Frank, what do you make of the argument of let this play out and basically the Ukrainian people on their own? Well, look, uh, they're not a NATO ally. Uh, They have uh, a longstanding uh, relationship with Russia, both positive and negative. I don't think we should be getting into an armed conflict. I'd love to see our leaders do what Naftali Bennett, the prime minister of Israel, is doing and try and mediate an end to this dispute so that people stop losing their lives. And you want to keep it right there, folks. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. He's coming up right now, right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC.